Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. And today I welcome in the studio Shanti. How are you? Oh, I'm d terrific, and I'm delighted to, delighted to be back with you, Donna. <laughs> it is always a wonderful time. I'm sorry that Jeff isn't here because I know this project is a Felhan project. You did this it together. Is. And it it's a good thing because it's about love and money and marriage and so it's a good thing to have done it with your spouse um i we planned to do this last march and here we are but we're very glad we pulled it off and um not flying across the country is not a bad idea these days yes exactly <laughs> are you wearing your mask oh everywhere yeah <laughs> and do you have many we do and we, they're getting cuter yeah. finally <laughs> Well, my best mask story is for anyone who knows me, they know how large my nose is. And we had a couple of deaths in our family during this time. And one of them was in San Francisco. And I was going, even if it meant getting sick. And my husband went with me. And I wore the 95 mask, which has a very metal, metal strip. And it yes. landed on the very, very biggest part oh. of my nose. And not only did I have a big nose, I had a big red blister on the front of my nose. Lovely. So masks have great stories, and we're glad yeah. to be together. So I want to, to talk a little bit about this subject. When we have conflict around money, it's never about money. It's about what, what money makes us feel. And it's an opportunity for conflict or connection. And I so value that concept. And the title of your book, it just sticks in my heart. It sticks in my heart. Now listen, guys. The title is Thriving in Love and Money. So how do we get to the thriving word in a book about money and love? I know. It's like, really? Because the reality, can I, can I tell you what one of our best friends said after they saw the, the title and the, the book itself? They're like, oh, this is so good because what we've been doing for 20 years is coping in love and money. <laughs> well, or striving and not thriving. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's great. And, and that was the goal. It's like there, there are so many resources out there to help you have a great budget or to get out of debt or to do all of the technical stuff, learn to be generous, like all the things that we've heard and talked about for so long. And, and we didn't want to, to study that. Like, you don't want my help with a budget. I promise. <laughs> Instead, what, what Jeff and I were studying, what this big research project was, was how, not how do you have a great budget, but how do you have a great relationship around money? And just so you know, Donna, I mean, for everybody who's listening, this was, it blew my mind because what we found in the research is it turns out the biggest obstacle to all that other stuff, the biggest obstacle to creating a budget or to tithing or to getting out of debt or all this stuff is it isn't that you don't know what to do although you you may not you may not you may need help but the biggest obstacle is the inability of the husband and wife to sit down and talk about money to begin with mm -hmm. and to sit around around the kitchen table and have a conversation and not get defensive and not have tension and and so that's what we were tackling is how do you do that yeah 
And, uh, you know, I want to say to you, uh, we would have been glad to have had this help about 50 years ago when <laughs> David and I decided that we had two S words, and we were very proud of them. And I wasn't giving up my S word, and he wasn't giving up his S word. Mine was spend, and his was save. <laughs> and never the twain were going to meet. <laughs> Yes. So there you go. You have it right on. Yes. So it's concise. The book is very concise. I always like the size of these books. I know these are small details, but it's easy to drop in a case, a purse. It's easy to carry around. It's hardbound so it won't get lost as easily. And these five concepts. So let's talk to me about these five simple concepts. Sure thing. Well, what we found, just to sort of set the stage, is, and you, you said at the very beginning, Donna, is that if we're having tension about money, it's not about the money, right? right? It's, it's about all these other things and all these, you know, expectations and patterns and insecurities and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and so what are those things that either can really get in the way or can actually, what we found is really cool is when you understand this stuff, it actually suddenly money changes from being this like constant low grade opportunity for defensiveness or conflict or tension or whatever, or avoidance. Avoidance, <laughs> biggest one. Avoidance, yeah. To, to really being an opportunity for connection and intimacy and closeness. It's really cool. So the five things, I'll just tell you what they are briefly, and okay. then we can go back and dig into whichever ones you want to dig into. Yeah, right. Um, sort of the first and most common um, reason for conflict, most one of the most common factors at play is that we don't realize we're not valuing what the other person values. And I'd love to come back to that because that's a biggie. Okay. Um, the second one is that it turns out that we have um, running under the surface often two different sets of primary fears and insecurities that are being triggered around money. Um, and we tend not to get what our spouse's fears are or that they're, they're actually as big of a deal as they are. So that's the second one. Um, the third one is, is a, it's a bigger picture uh, issue that affects everything, but especially money. And <laughs> it's basically that we're in general, subconsciously avoiding being one in marriage in general <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's, coming, it's coming out and how we handle money like we just kind of want to do what we want to do and that just is one of the biggie areas um the fourth of the five factors is that it turns out there's actually um there's not a whole there's not a ton of stuff around money that's gender related two of these five are um and this one this is a big one where men and women tend to sort of have a misunderstanding about how we process money decisions and how we communicate about them. It turns out the male and female brains are wired differently in how we process through decisions and we trip it up over money constantly. Mm -hmm. um, and then the fifth factor is um, the, the easiest way to put it is we don't realize that kind of subconsciously down under the surface we have all of these um, beliefs and expectations and some of them about, you know, sort of our beliefs about how money should work, for example, or these ideas about our, our spouse. Um, some of those ideas are wrong. Some of these beliefs, we have these ideas and they're almost like little hot nerves 
and they cause this knee-jerk reaction when they're hit. And so you're having this knee-jerk reaction based on these kind of fundamentally inaccurate ideas. Often, if there is tension, if there's avoidance, um, you kind of just do your own thing because it's easier than talking about it or more convenient. That's usually the word we use. It's more convenient. It's very likely that one or more of these five factors is at play. Yeah. And, and I can just, just in my own life story, and I want to hear how you and Jeff got to this. Where were you two when you began this project about the saving and spending, which became laughable at our house. It turned out when we began to really be able to talk about it. I wanted to save also, but I saved differently. And that's my ethnicity. I come from an Italian Middle Eastern set of parents and saving money was how? Cash piles, baby. Cash piles, $40,000 in the pipe downstairs. That's what I was used to. So my husband wanted to take this money to the bank. And, I, and it, we didn't understand that. We, I just knew that he was saving, but his saving was a different category than my saving. And I was saving my little stash over here. And he, but never the two should beat until they met. So tell me about you. So thank you for these five. They are hot nerves, and I want you to... Um, to have as much time to speak about each one of them. But tell me how the two of you, when you started this project, how, how is your, tell us your communication story. Well, okay, I'm going to have to be honest here. <laughs> I'm going to lose all credibility oh, with your audience when I say this. <laughs> so I'm just warning you this up front. So, you know, we've been marriage researchers for 16 years now. <laughs> And money was the one big issue we're not going there. <laughs> that we were not going there. Like we were not on the same page. We had absorbed and adapted all of the stuff that we'd been studying over the years. It was, you know, our, our marriage had had so many rocky periods. And after we were learning so much about each other and all these projects that we'd done together of researching whatever it was that would make a better marriage, we kept incorporating it into our relationship and we really had a great relationship, except there was this big X mark over the money topic. And so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the short version of what happened. It was a big God story. Um, we had no idea after our last major research project and book came out, we had no idea what we were supposed to do next. And it was a very big emotional period because our business model had changed. These research projects are really expensive. Yes. I mean, really, really expensive to do a truly a good, rigorous national study. And we knew that that was what we'd been given in terms of analytical gifts, but the business model, the money to do the research was had completely gone away. And we knew we could probably get a book published if we you know, needed to, but how do we pay for the research? And out of the blue, as we're like in this season of just praying and going, God, what do you want us to do? Do you not want us to do these projects anymore? Um, we get this call from a company that at the time we had never heard of. It's called Thrivent Financial. Anyway, and they're, they're a big, for people who aren't familiar with it, it's a big financial services company. It serves, tends to serve Christians, serves churchgoers. And they said, hey, I know you don't know us, we don't, you know, but we wanted to reach out to you because we're starting an initiative because 
we know that money is one of the big areas of conflict in marriage. We don't think it has to be. How would you feel about making this your next research project and us funding it? <laughs> okay, now, Donna, you can appreciate this. But my first thought was, oh my gosh, Lord, you're amazing. My second thought was, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> do I have to do it with him? <laughs> If I'm studying this topic of money and marriage, done, got it. I'm going to have to talk about money with my husband. And that was one of those things we'd never been able to do well, only we didn't know why. We didn't understand why it was so much easier to avoid it than to try to come together around it. So th this project was, let's just say, this was a very personal project. A very personal project. I love that. Okay, I, I, but I feel right there as you're saying that, Define the difference. Now, I'm hearing you say this, and I haven't read the book. Our listeners are just getting acquainted with it, okay? So in the listener's ear, what? Yeah. T tell me the, the core of what the two of you had to figure out before you could do the research. So the core was this sort of, if, again, the summary of the whole book is the summary of what we had to figure out at the beginning of this process which is realizing that all of this defensiveness and avoidance and tension and resentment and you know all the little things that get in the way that about money, that none of that was about the money. That it was about this host of stuff that was going on inside my head, my heart, my feelings and his that neither of us had been able to articulate before. And so as we, st as we started doing the surveys and the focus groups and the interviews and all the stuff that we do as part of the research process, constantly I was you know, getting this input from people and getting numbers back on these surveys and turning to Jeff and going, is this how you feel? Is this, is this, is this what's going on? He's like, yes. This is it. And, and him doing the same thing for me and going, oh my goodness, that is why I got so defensive when you tried to bring this thing up. Like I just had no concept of what was going on inside of me. I would never have been able to explain it other than, other than you know, hey, Shanti, I want to go to Dave Ramsey at our church because, you know, I want to do financial planning and, you know, I think it's important. And, you know, can you, can we schedule, you know, to go to Dave Ramsey? Oh, I'm so busy. I'm traveling. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I mean, I'm going to miss half the sessions because I've got these events. I'm, it's just not, it's not a good year. Well, how about the next year? Hey, Shanti, you want to come with me? No. <laughs> I would never have been able to explain why. And that is, that is what we have to understand. Okay, so can you tell us your why? Uh, yes, now okay, we can. Go. I would not have been able to, but here's, here's what we realized. And Jeff, to his credit, is the one who came to me in the middle of the research and said, I think it's because of this. And so he's, because here's the way he put it is, my husband is a very much a personality and all or nothing kind of guy. Yeah, so I like, like that. He's like, yeah. And, and I knew subconsciously, and he said, I think you knew subconsciously that I, as a husband, that, you know, my all or nothing personality, that I was going to 
come home from Dave Ramsey and put us on the equivalent of a 500 calorie a day diet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're going to eat steaks and beans for the next 200 days in order to save this much money because it's a challenge and it's exciting. And I'm like, there's nothing about that challenge that's exciting. (laughs) So anyway, so, so he said, I realized that you thought that if you went to Dave Ramsey with me, that it would just pour fuel on the fire <laughs> of this tendency that I already had. And that, and that, and I, I, and I told him, I felt like I wouldn't have had to leg, a leg to stand on to say, I don't want to handle it that way. And so it was safer just to avoid it entirely. Yeah. Good. And safer. And, and that's, that is an example of neither of us would have been able to articulate Mm-hmm. what was going on under the surface and yet articulating that stuff and understanding it in yourself and understanding what's going on in your spouse that is everything that that is 95 percent of the hurdle getting over that is and it's so much more simple than you realize that's great that's wonderful well uh the material does help a couple do that and we certainly all need it that's that's what a great story. What a great account of God's, well, his perfect love for you, that just the two of you. He's glad for one couple who've changed their ways, and now yeah. you're providing this material for the rest of us. Thank you so much. Well, how do you think that a couple, a wife, a husband, shows respect for one another in the process? Well, so this is really related to, well, it's related to all these topics, but it's especially related. Remember how I said the very first of these five factors that tend to be at play is that we're not valuing what the other person values. Right. So it, it turns out that <laughs> under the surface, like this is not conscious necessarily. There's something in us that just thinks we're right. Like our way of handling things is of course the right way of handling things. And there is a, and this is actually statistically, this came out on the survey, that two thirds of people said when they're faced with something that's, um, you know, a money decision, you know, and think of it like, I don't know, you're buying or a new refrigerator. You, you know, the argument that sometimes a couple will have about, do you really need all those bells and whistles? Really? Can't we just get the normal refrigerator? No, but I want this and it's more convenient. And how about the, you know, you have those kinds of, or the car or the school or the whatever, do we, the bells and whistles versus not. Silly example, but in that kind of sort of hypothetical scenario, two thirds of the people on the survey said, you know, if I'm honest with myself, truly, I'm thinking that you're just not thinking through this correctly. And if you were to really think about things correctly, you would certainly agree with me. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And the problem is when I say we're not valuing what the other person is valuing, I mean that like in a, in a very precise sense of we somehow, even though we know we're two different people, we somehow in our, in our head, we don't realize that that means that this other person is going to care about something different than I will care about. Like what matters to them is going to be different. And, 
oh my goodness, that means that what they care about can be completely legitimate, even though it may be completely different. Yeah. And I, I may, I may still disagree, but I have to honor and respect their desires and their wishes and what they care about as just as legitimate as mine. Okay. Now, did you find that a couple is able to value other things easier? It's more easy. It's easily yes. able to slip into, oh, he values that. But when it came to money, they were holding yes. fists. Okay. Yes. And, and there's a reason for that. Okay? okay. If you think of the scripture where Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. It's because money is such a um, emotional thing. Mm-hmm. We don't think of it that way, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's getting at the heart of what matters to us. And and I'll and I'll give you an example, okay, of of, of this. This is and this is actually something that happened with the the pandemic shutdown. Mm-hmm. So I, Jeff, and I are actually quite like you, Donna, and your husband where Jeff tends to be more the saver, I tend to be more the spender. Now, by the way, just so you know, research-wise, that is not gender correlated Thank you. at all. It's true. It's about, it's about 50-50 yep. that, that women are just as likely to be the, the saver and men just as likely to be the spender. But in our marriage, it's the, sort of the same as you guys. And when the pandemic hit, and you know, all of our speaking engagements were canceled, done. And that's a huge part of our ministry. It's a huge part of the way that we pay our staff. It's a huge part of the way that we pay our mortgage, right? And so suddenly, okay, you know, we, how are we going to pay the bills? And what's going to happen now that events are probably going to be going away for a while? And how do we pivot to video? And there's all these new expenses if we're going to be building a video studio. And, you know, Jeff came to me at the beginning and he, we've been learning to kind of share what's going on inside when it comes to money, because that helps us understand each other. And, and he said, you know, I have to confess something. Um, he said, I'm, I'm dealing with a little bit of resentment towards you um, because if we hadn't gone out to eat like you wanted to so many times last year, or if we hadn't gone to Disney World with the kids, um, we would have thousands more dollars in our bank account right Ouch. now, we could, which we could really use, right, during this season. And then, and to his credit, then the next day he came back and he said, but you know what I also just realized? We're stuck in quarantine on top of each other and we like each other because of all those experiences that build memories and built connection and built togetherness, all that stuff, the going out to eat, the going to Disney World, the going bowling, bowling with the kids, those kinds of things built our family up and they built that sense of closeness. And now we have this point where we're having to be together and we enjoy being together. And he said, I realize that I'm thinking of it as just a net cost. And for you, it's an investment. Yeah. There's a benefit to it. Beautiful. And and that, and that is an example of because he was willing to really have his eyes opened to what I valued and to see the value behind Mm -hmm. that, even though, he may have disagreed with it. Like he might've said, you know, we didn't need to go out to eat. Like we could have had a picnic in the park. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like even if, even if in his mind, 
he maybe disagreed with certain ways I handled things or whatever, that he was willing to honor what mattered to me just because it mattered to me for only that reason. And that really reduced my defensiveness. Mm-hmm. It, it really allowed me to relax about that, to have a lot more peace. And it did something else. It stirred something in me of his kindness and his understanding made me want to go and that we don't have those thousands more dollars in our account right now. Because I know that that would make you feel a little more like we're able to walk through this season, you know, and do what we need to do. And what is it about this time that you think we should handle differently than how I've been handling it? Like, it makes me much more willing to lower my defensiveness, my guard, and look at what matters to him in return. Well, now I know that you're doing some things new. Wait, uh, this just comes to my head, though. So I'm going to stop here and say it, that you're doing some interviews with pastors of churches, and occasionally those interviews show up to be the Sunday morning message. And what you have just described is the longing of every leader of people that that yes. that that value point that willingness to pause long enough and think about it for yourself privately and then share it with the other person so well it, it, i was just gonna say it's for every church for example i mean this is every business right that has employees that they care about but certainly for every church pastors right now are recognizing there's so much need running under the surface in the congregation because of needing to understand these topics, Mm -hmm. right? And and the thing that we found for everybody listening to this to be aware of, by the way, I don't think I said this yet, is that most of us don't realize just how big of a need this is. 77%, we found, 77% of couples can't talk about money well. Wow, that's a big number. It's a big number. 23% can. And, you know, for those of you who are listening, who naturally, like, love your budget meetings. Yay for you. I'm so jealous of you. Like, we kind of, the rest of us kind of think you're mutants. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's, that is, that is not natural for most people. And instead, we've kind of been able to get away with not talking about it up till now, because it's, in a time of more prosperity, mm-hmm. it's easy to sort of say, you know, I'm going to do my thing over here and you do your thing over here and my paycheck goes into my account and your paycheck goes into your account. And technically we share everything, but realistically, you know, we're, we're kind of handling things separately. That won't work anymore. <laughs> you yes. have to be able to talk about money. And so that's why we're doing these pastoral interviews we call them where pastors you know interview me on zoom and play it for their congregation yeah because so it's helpful to be able to share this stuff with people so that they have the tools just like what you're doing donna so that your audience has the tools to be able to navigate this weird time we're living in. It, the unusual time brings unusual conversations. And so your information and the ability for a couple to pause long enough. Now, the book itself is an easy couple book. I want to <laughs> say that to you. I, hope I so. I, It is. And my husband and I years ago, 
which I'll just say, just in two sentences, discovered that there were some topics he didn't want to talk about, some topics I didn't want to talk about. And the best way to do that was to get a book about either one of those topics and each of us read it and then have our weekly meetings and talk about them. And we call those times conking times. I don't have any idea where that word came from except that when we left those meetings, we both had been conked in some way <laughs> or another, you know? So I want to say to our audience that this book is a fine tool for that experience. So you've been wondering how to talk about it. You don't know how to talk about it. This, this very casual thing you said, which is nobody likes to be told what to do. Oh, that's such a surprise. Uh, yeah, and, and really, it's staggering to me how big a surprise that is. Someone will say to me, you know, I don't like to be told what to do. And I don't mean to laugh out loud, but really, it's laugh out loud material. So this book helps that conversation go. So well done. Well, thanks. I mean, the, the, I appreciate that. The, the way that we designed it, because we are guinea pig number one, <laughs> uh, not wanting to talk about money, right? The, the way that we designed it in order to be able to really help people, especially people like us, and this is sort of the recommendation that we give everybody, which is we say, go through the book the first time you read through it, because it's a little book, right? Yeah. Go go through it the first time, read it with a pen in hand and read it about yourself. Like, oh my goodness, this is how I feel. Oh my goodness, I didn't realize when I got mad the other day, this was what was going on. And and also, well, this piece, this isn't me. Like this isn't, I don't, I don't worry about this. And if you read it with a pen in hand and highlight and circle the stuff and make notes on what applies to you, and then your spouse does the same and reads it, I don't know, with a different color pen. That's exactly or, the way. You know, and then, or even two different copies. But when you trade and you read each other's comments, you're getting a personalized tour into their heart and mind around money. Mm-hmm. And it's so invaluable to be able to come together around something that up until now has been really a hurdle, honestly, mm-hmm. for a lot of couples. Mm-hmm. And our audience is women primarily, young women yeah. primarily, but we have a lot of older women um, in our audience who use our materials to help the young women they're working with. And I've been thinking right. about this subject. When you get older, my husband and I are older, and we've, we've been married a long time, and we've had a lot of good times and hard times about money. But the reality is there's always a fresh look at resources. And the pandemic is a perfect storm for that because I don't care where you live and what economic strata, the pandemic is changing how you look at money. So it's a great time for it. Um, We have so little time. I'm I'm afraid I'm going to say to you, I want you to come back. I want to know about um, these, uh, the steps that reading the book, following the steps, is this a is this place where I can mention the assessment? Because I don't want to oh, miss. Yes. Okay, I don't want to miss the assessment because I sure. it's a great tool. So, will you explain to our audience what that is? Yes, absolutely. So, along with the book, we created a website, and you'll probably link to it in the show notes or whatever. But it's thriveinloveandmoney.com, and if you click on the assessment link, 
you'll see this really, it's sneaky because it's a very simple yes. five minutes, six minutes, very short, doesn't take long to take it. And yet it, it's very robust. It's an extremely robust way of digging into the most key things that you already have strength and connection with your spouse in these areas and the areas that you most need to work on. And so it's very eye-opening to be able to, for us to go, oh my goodness. Okay, so for example, and I'll, I'll just give you an example, um, oneness. You know, one of the factors that I mentioned is that sometimes we just wanna do what we wanna do and we're not realizing we're not being on the same team. And so, you know, you may, maybe you've, that's a value for you. And so you've tried really hard and so your oneness number is really high, but you realize that, well, my sort of values number is really low. Like we really are very different in what we value, or maybe we're unable to communicate well. So my communica communication number is low. Well, you look at that and you go, okay, but look, I've got this high oneness. I've got a starting point to be able to work on these other things. Or maybe you have good communication, but your finances are really not very good right now and that number is low. Well, you, you've got a good starting point to talk about it. And if you're like me and Jeff, where all of the numbers were low <laughs> at the beginning, the, the benefit is that there are steps, and we talk about those, there are steps that you can do to move yourself along that path way more quickly then you realize because it is so much about understanding what's going on inside yourself yes. and your spouse. Well, I married a man who has an undergrad in accounting, a CPA, a tax attorney. <laughs> yes. Okay, and the University of Chicago still has my accounting class as a paradigm to share with the world. I promise you for that. So the okay. two of us, you know, like don't talk to me about it because I he scores yeah. and scores above me. I like, and I want you to say the four categories because I think how you d designated the four categories for the assessment really matters. Would you just? Sure. So one of them is the values concept. You know, what we just talked about, like how, how together are you in those areas and how different are you in those areas? Because some people like, they're both like happy savers and everything's fine. Yep. You know, like they're, they don't have that disconnect. Now that's not the norm statistically, but that does happen. Um, another one is communication, like literally some of the ability or inability to talk about it, some of the different ways that that works. So we dig into that a little bit. Um, another one is just point blank your finances. I mean, things like, and there are some really key markers that help very quickly understand, you know, really are things precarious or how do they feel for you financially? So in order to understand those, and then the oneness marker of this area of really how much do you try to do your own thing? Yeah, it, it's, they're excellent um, categories. And as in any kind of an evaluation, you may score higher or lower, that's okay. And, yeah. and most often it's Mox Nix, right? He's higher, you're lower, you're lower, he's higher. And that helps you to, to move together. Yeah. Okay, so what, do you, what kind of advice do you have for a financial situation between a spouse, between spouses, where one is just, no, stop, not. Don't want to talk about it. Don't want to read the book. Don't want to talk about it. Yeah. 
so that happens a lot. And that's certainly as an example where Jeff and I would have been, right? Where Jeff wanted to talk about it and I absolutely did not. 77% of couples. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Well, and that whole Dave Ramsey example of, you know, I didn't want to go, but it's not because I didn't love him. And it's not because I didn't want to be close to him in this area. It's because I kept getting defensive and I had this underlying assumption of how things were going to work that again, couldn't have articulated at the time, but that's what was going on. And so the key starting point for anybody who's listening to this, who wants to be, you know, wants their husband to come together and the husband is just not willing, not interested, is, is to do what Jeff did with me and to go to your husband and say, look, I realize it's because I've been so, and, and I'm going to give you just an example. Like one of, one of my girlfriends actually said this to her husband. She, after we talked about this and she said, I realized that I had my ideas of how things should work. And of course we, uh, she was a bookkeeper by training. <laughs> and so she was like, of course we should just be, you know, saving, I can't remember the number, 47% or something of our money. And if, if it doesn't go towards the house or retirement, we can do without. I mean, of course, that's just the way things should work. And she said, I realized I was totally shutting down my husband because his values should be just as legitimate as mine. And he wants a life, go figure. And I was sort of shutting down what he wanted. And that is the big trip up for most couples is if you don't really have that honest look at what each other cares about and some of the other stuff that I know we're not gonna have a chance to get into today, but some of those insecurities and worries under the surface, for example, give up for a minute all the stuff that matters to you and just try to understand what matters to them and communicate that to them. And that's going to lower their defensiveness in the same way that Jeff lowered my defensiveness. Now, by the way, I do need to say out loud, all of the research, everything that we're talking about here, this applies to the majority of couples who have goodwill towards each other, who care about each other, and you're not dealing with some big, huge professional issue that has to be dealt with, with professional intervention, like a gambling addiction. If, you know, if you have somebody, one of the partners who has something that you had a hundred people looking at it, they would say objectively, that's a problem for professional intervention. That's a different situation that we can't get into. But most of the time, it isn't like that. Most mm -hmm. of the time you have a husband and wife who care about each other mm -hmm. and they just care about different things. Mm -hmm. and, and there's no one right or wrong. Yes. And because David and I've spent a lot of time with young couples, we see uh, this love factor that he really wants to give her her way. I mean, he really yeah. wants her way being as you say, to, to spend well, it on memories and then make investment into people's lives. And he really wants to put it in the securities. And so that tension of wanting to give the other one uh, on both sides, you know, selfless love, that, that, that tension, you've erased that. Well, Miss Shanti, our time is like flying fast out of here. Uh, whenever we're together, I always do want you to come again. Um, but I am so grateful for the willingness that you and Jeff have had to take this very unique and scientific 
ability to analyze facts and then bring it to the church. Bring it to the church. Jesus speaks of money in more places. I, I recently read like 2,300 places. And around yeah. your show today, we are doing some shows, um, some of which we've talked about before, because God does have things to say to us about generosity, about giving, about not hoarding um, for the future. But you've given us this very practical tool, and we're, we are glad to have it. We're glad to have the conversation with you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Let's do this again soon. Absolutely. Um, we have covered a couple of your subjects, and let's cover the rest of them. Well, Shanti, it has been wonderful to have you today. Thank you for joining us. Audience of Modern Homemakers, I want you to know in the days around this interview, we are going to be talking about this subject of money and finances and how we feel about it and what God says about it and some practical things that we can do. There isn't just one way to handle money. No matter who you are, or who you're married to, there isn't just one way to handle it. But there are very significant theological um, practices that will help us use his money to help others and to have a lifestyle that brings glory to God and encouragement to one another. We are Modern Homemakers. I am Donna Otto. And remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Make it a very uncommon day of placing value on your husband's way of handling money. <laughs>